As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Welcome to The Audible, presented by Trader Joe's. I'm Stuart Mandel, joined as always by Bruce Feldman for what should be an interesting discussion. The college football playoff field is official. Nobody was going to be happy regardless of what they came out with because of the way things ended up. Somebody deserving. Well, somebody's going to be gonna happy. happy Somebody was going to be happy. Uh, if you're a Texas fan, you're elated right now. If you're a Florida State fan, you're devastated. Uh, number one, Michigan will play number four, Alabama, who ended Georgia's 29 game winning streak, uh, on Saturday, they will be meeting in the Rose bowl, which I'm covering. So that's a heck of a matchup. And number two, Washington, who I watched in person on Friday night, quote unquote, upset Oregon. They were, if you remember, it seems like a million years ago, they were the underdog in that game. Well, they did. They were uh, almost a double digit underdog. They were a nine and a half point underdog and they knew it. They will meet number three, Texas, who kind of became, at the end of the day, the focal point of the whole debate and discussion once they beat Oklahoma State soundly. And of course, once Alabama won the SEC, Alabama being the team they beat in week two, Florida State goes 13-0, and but obviously did not look the same uh, without Jordan Travis and down to their third string freshman quarterback against Louisville, basically had to run the Wildcat. Um, and you know, we can talk about Boo Corrigan's comments, but basically they decided they're not one of the four best teams anymore. So your reaction, Bruce. Uh, I want to say I'm conflicted because for a long time, I feel like I looked at this and it actually played out the way a lot of us thought it potentially could, but usually it doesn't go this way in college football. There's those upsets or different things kind of, you know, form doesn't hold up. And so you're staring at this conundrum, I guess it was, with Texas, went to Alabama, wasn't fluky, beat Alabama. They're in a worse league at this point, but still, they were 12-1 and with a really good head-to-head win. And then there's Florida State that is undefeated, 13-0, and Power 5 conference. And what I kept on coming back to all along for the last couple of weeks was they're not going to leave out a one-loss SEC champ. They just won't especially if Alabama goes and beats Georgia. It'll look like it's the best win that anybody's had this year. 
And I, I you know, I kind of thought about like, that's going to be the reality. They're just not leaving out. But the more I kind of came back to it, I'm like, you know, I have a hard time thinking, you know, like there's a lot of people who look at conspiracies and sit, you know, especially because the way the selection show operates, you know, for it's this game show kind of bizarro thing that they do these releases every Tuesday night. And then ESPN seems to seems to stir up as much kind of controversy it can make to keep intrigue in it. So you have the idea of the SEC, which for two decades has been clearly the most dominant conference in college football. This year, it isn't. I'm sorry. It's like head-to-head, the ACC actually had a better record than the SEC. And, you know, we I don't think you look at the SEC this year, it's just not a great year for the SEC, right? And so when I go back to this with Florida State, yeah, they're play, they were playing their third-string quarterback. Well, we don't think they're going to be playing their third-string quarterback a month from now, right? Um, he should be back out of, con- you know, over concussion. And I come back to this as like, okay, yes. On one hand, I can sit there and say, I think this was Nick Saban's best job in season as a as the Alabama head coach. They got much better from the team in the beginning of the year that got whipped by Texas and then looked awful the next week against a really middling USF team. Having said that, they also needed like a last second miracle to beat a really bad Auburn team that got thumped by new mexico state the week before and that just happened last week right so if we're gonna ding florida state and they are for not having jordan travis let's at least give them a lot of credit for this they have a really really good defense that by the way that good defense did the best job of anybody you know including all those sec teams of handling Jaden daniels they blew out lsu they also it's the first time anybody's held a Jeff Brom offense to under 200 yards in five years. I, I think the defense is really, really good. We've seen a bunch of teams make the playoff without, you know, without elite offenses, but on the strength of good defenses. And this team, again, 13-0. And what I come back to is, and this is, you know, I wrote about this this morning because I felt really strongly about this part of it. College football, for as long as we've been alive, much less covered the sport, has always had the greatest regular season of any sport because the games really mattered. That is now out the window because the games, the committee has told us, the people running the sport say, the games really don't matter that much. It's their perception of it. I don't want to hear about, oh, the Vegas experts say this. If the Vegas experts were the defining thing, then Washington would not be in the playoff. Washington was almost a double-digit underdog to a team it had beaten. And Washington beat Oregon. You know, so, like, the game's got to matter. Well, the thing about the committee is they're never consistent from one thing to the next. Sometimes they can't be. I mean, by putting in Texas ahead of Alabama, they're saying that week two game mattered, right? A lot of people were concerned that they would just throw that away and ignore it. But they definitely said it mattered. But you're right. In the case of Florida State, what makes me very uncomfortable about this decision is the committee basically decided to play God and say, yeah, despite everything they achieved, despite, uh, you know, having the resume and, of course, being undefeated, you know, we think if we put them in the playoff without their quarterback, they're not going to fare very well. And you know what? We can't predict these things. Uh, (laughs) Did I think Alabama was going to beat Georgia? Absolutely not. Uh, As I 
Uh, did I think uh, I had Oregon beating Washington on Friday? Nobody knows how this stuff's going to play out, especially. I mean, let's not forget, there's a month before the games, right? Tate Rodemaker is going to come back. He's going to have a month of practice as their number one quarterback. Who knows what they'll look like by the time or would have looked like by the time they got to their bowl game. Now, I'm not going to sit here and say they should have absolutely gotten in and Texas should have been absolutely left out. Texas is a very good team. They went 12 and one. They won the big 12. They did beat Alabama. Uh, So I'm not saying like, you know, some years you look at this and go, oh, they made the wrong decision. I don't know what the right decision was. I don't know if there was a right decision. At the end of the day of those five teams, somebody had to be left out. What bugs me about this, the way they went about this, though, is that they did something that they've never done before, right? They they've never left out an undefeated team before. They, you know, despite saying it's the four best, they always went foremost deserving. And in this case, um, they did a 180. And I feel terrible for Florida State. Um, They went out and scheduled LSU and beat them. They, you know, and to your point, Bruce, you know. By the way, they also, I mean, uh, they always play Florida at the end of the year, right? It's not like they just like they're one of these teams that goes, oh, we're going to play one tough opponent. It's not their fault that Florida stinks right now. It's not their fault. They scheduled that game and they scheduled the, the the series with LSU. And LSU, everyone is talking, you know, in the SEC thinks Jaden Daniels is the Heisman winner. Well, if you look back, I mean, they did the best job against Jalen Daniels. They blew them off the field when they played. Yep. And again, like you said, your look basically this became you know, they they looked at the the 16 to 6 win over Louisville in the ACC championship and said, that's not good enough. That's not good enough for us to, to believe that this is one of the four best teams. And that's one way to look at it. The other way to look at it would be they were down to a freshman quarterback who hasn't played all season and who clearly wasn't ready for the moment. And they still found a way to win the game by 10 points. Their defense could not have been more dominant. They even gift wrapped Louisville the ball inside the 10 yard line, right on that Bosch punt, and still kept them from scoring, got the interception in the end zone. Um, they played their last two games without their star quarterback. They didn't lose. They won those games. They were ugly, but they won those games. And we're saying, yeah, it wasn't pretty enough, right? At the end of the day, that's what it comes down to. They're saying, you won, but you didn't win pretty enough for us to believe that you're still one of the four best teams. I think the other thing that, and and I will say one thing that goes completely against anything they've done before. I feel like this committee swung the teams more wildly than we've seen before. Georgia was the number, first Ohio State was the number two team in the country, lost at the last minute at Michigan and dropped from one all the way, I mean, from two all the way to six. This week, it's Georgia losing by three points to Alabama and going from one to six. That's a huge swing. And then the one that really puzzles me, Texas, that is not a good team. They played in the in the Big 12 title game, and, and yet they moved from number seven. Like, if you told me they moved from number seven to number four, that's that even that would have seemed generous. They moved up four spots, and they moved up, I think, at the end of the day, they didn't move up four spots because they looked so good against Oklahoma State. They moved up four spots by basically jumping on the wings of the Alabama plane. Alabama won, Alabama moves up big. And we're not going to, if we're going to do that, if we're going to bump Alabama up from eight to the top four, 
Then we got to move Texas up too because Texas beat them in week two. It's a it's a real conundrum. It really is. There was no way to honor both the head to head, which is what they ended up doing, and reward undefeated Florida State. They ended up rewarding the head to head like most people wanted them to do, and in doing so, Florida State was the one cut out. Two questions for you. One's not even a question; it's a comment. The first one is. This feels so ironic for all sorts of reasons in that this is the last year before it goes to 12 teams. And it's like for so many years, it feels like it's been faux controversy, right? Where it's been, let's kind of start just the fact that like, you know, watching the ESPN selection show this morning, you know, there's a lot of talk about Georgia, you know, like it's Georgia. It was like Georgia shouldn't be in. I'm sorry. You know, like they didn't win their conference championship. I think that like if you're get, if you're thinking about shoving Georgia in there, you're basically doing it be to reward the two, you know, the two national title teams. They haven't looked like that team. I think people on TV were talking about that. I don't think the committee, if the fact I, that they fell to six, I don't think the committee really seriously considered it. And I think that, though, is why there's so much so much um you know we're also in this nutty conspiracy theory you know time warp at this point anyway but i think that only feeds into it when you have that where it's just like oh well it's the you know kirby story we're the best four teams the best four teams then you may as well have you know daniel jeremiah pick your playoff team <laughs> whoever's an nfl you know an nfl personnel person right so the games have to matter i mean david Ub and our colleague wrote about that saturday and I wholeheartedly agree. So I did want to ask you this, though. If you were in the committee, what would your top four have been? Because um, it's not an easy answer. It's, it's just, not. That's the thing. There, there's not an easy answer. Uh, I would have. I think I would have had, obviously, Michigan, Washington. I think I would have had Alabama three because they are that good. Uh, they showed it. They're not the, you know, I think people overlooked I think it took us all the way till the Georgia game to accept that that this is a really good Alabama team. Like they, you know, a week ago, they almost lost to a really mediocre Auburn team. I know, but I don't think you can say that's the thing. And and this is why I think, you know, they overjudged Florida State. You can't judge any of these teams off one game. You have to look at all 13. They are. That's the problem. Yeah, I mean, Rodemaker, you know, like. Completed 50% of his passes at Florida State. And it's like, okay, they really hammered them for that. I mean, at the end of the day, Alabama beat four top 25 teams and they beat the number one team. I know you're not supposed to consider things that happened before this season, but the committee members are not robots who have their memory erased. They know Georgia had won the last two national championships in 29 straight games and Alabama beat them. And to me, that makes them a no-brainer playoff team. I would have had them three and I would have had Florida State four. Um, I say that, and now I look, you know, the initial, if you want to play the, you know, and I think the committee did do this, who would be favored in a game? Uh, Texas is actually favored against Washington in the two versus three game. So I'm sitting here talking about, I'm not sure Texas should have made it. And Vegas is saying, not only should Texas have made it, Perhaps they should be the number two seed. We think they're better than Washington. Well, Vegas was wrong on the on the Washington Huskies. Go da- go keep doubting Kalen DeBoer. Go keep doubting Michael Penix. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, you said you're talking about Auburn. I mean, Washington, if they don't convert fourth and one against Washington State a week earlier, they lose that game. Might not have kept them out of the playoff. But that's my point. You can't say, okay, they had a bad game last week. Therefore, I'm going to cut them out. 
you got to look at the whole season. And um, yeah, Alabama ended up, I think Alabama ended up with the best resume of anyone other than Washington. Uh, I mean, Michigan is number one. We think they're the best team, but you know, they beat two teams of any significance all season, right? Alabama well, they beat, beat they beat an they beat an Iowa team that has a really really good defensive player. Oh, for no 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 no, you don't get to count that one as a big win. We're not going to okay. So are we? What are the? That's the thing. I think that you know, at the end of the day, I mean, they 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 shut out Iowa, right? They they that's a good win. I'm not saying it, it's nothing, but Iowa was never a top fifteen team. They but, they but Michigan didn't lose to anybody by double digits at home either. That's on no. your resume. Michigan deserves the number one ranking. I'm not saying they don't. Um, but I'm saying if we're going to say they are, uh, they have a good resume, then, I mean, Alabama's is better, right? So No, it's not. Alabama has a loss on its resume. You don't just count the ones that you won. You you count. You, 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 I always, and I, that's the committee used to, and I always did value the wins more than the losses. I mean, they put some teams into the playoff, Bruce, that had, Terrible losses on their schedule. Team six and six teams, five and seven teams. And it was always because, well, they had the best wins. The problem this year was uh, nobody had a bad loss, really. You know, if we're calling Al uh, Alabama losing to Texas a bad loss, that tells you what the, no, I'm, I'm what not the, saying what the curve loss. is this year, right? Yeah, so, I'm not saying it's a bad loss. But I'm just saying when you talk about a resume, I think you're only talking about the teams they beat, not the one they lost at home. It's not a bad loss, but they did lose at home. Like they did. Michigan and Washington did not lose any games. Florida State did not lose any games. So who would your top four be? Uh, my top four would have been, and I might have had Washington one, Michigan two, to be honest. Um, I think they're kind of, I don't know. I think Michigan's defense is better. So I would say Michigan one, Washington two. I would have had Florida State three because I just think they they have a really good defense. And I would not, you know, they have a lot of skill guys around Tate Rodemaker right now. I mean, their receivers are really good. I think they can run the ball. Um, and then I would have had Texas four. So you would have left Alabama out. I would have. That's, just because I yeah. could not get around the head-to-head. -head. There was nothing fluky about it. And it's honestly, you know, I hate to do this, but this is like what, what the committee is, is left with. Like they wasn't like Alabama was just, just smashing people all the way down the end of the season. I mean, it wasn't like it was a good Auburn team. They played, it was a bad Auburn team that got destroyed by New Mexico state the week before. I hate to be nitpicky on this, but that's what we're left with. And if you're going to nitpick and the committee clearly did Florida state, for you know that guy's you know Tay Rodemaker's first start you know on the road against an SEC opponent, um, then I think you know you can nitpick the rest of it. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with twenty four seven U.S. based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. 
And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. And what you just described is a perfectly is if you're going to know what's the most logically sound field, uh, y- yours is it. And David Ubbin wrote a great column Saturday night saying like the committee should leave out. He was at the SEC championship game. He said the committee should leave out the SEC for exactly what you said. Florida State earned their if we agree, Florida State earned their way in. And the fourth spot then comes down to Alabama and Texas. You got to put Texas in. And that's a logically sound argument. What I noticed was. What, what I was a little bit surprised by, and again, I don't know that Twitter is the best gauge, but it is my window into it's how, the, it how the public felt Saturday <laughs> it night. Is, but go ahead. Like, uh, the committee ended up doing what the less controversial thing. I mean, I did not sense there was a lot of sympathy for Florida State. It was a lot more, how can you, they're not even close to being one of the top four teams now. You can't possibly put them in the playoff. Versus the suggestion, any like even remote suggestion that, Alabama would be in and Texas would not had people incredulous. I mean, I think we've, we've been talking about it for a month. Like the idea of ignoring a head to head result uh, is is like sacrilegious, right, in college football. So because we've been conditioned to think this way, Stu, for all our lives, best regular season. And now we're transitioning out of that. And I feel like today was the clear delineation of like, yeah, the regular season it's, you know, look, and, you know, I think it's, I don't know, full disclosure, I would say this, but like, not to speak for you on this, but I like you and I, in this point, I feel like have no dogs in this fight, you know, kind of thing. Like, um, we want to see really good games. I, the part that I kind of, I spent years arguing this point about like, and I feel like you and I have done this a lot over best versus most deserving. And I don't want to mm-hmm. hear about who Vegas thinks, you know, or whatever, any of that, I don't think it should factor into it. Now, one thing I would ask you, and you you cover this more than I do, this piece of it. Um, Jim Phillips and the ACC, if I correct me if I'm wrong, really, if they had jumped in on this, they might have had a 12-team playoff now, and this is a moot point. Is there irony in that part of this, do you think? I mean, poor Florida State, not only are they the first undefeated Power 5 team left out, there will never be another undefeated Power 5 team left out. There will be plenty of room for them. In the expanded CFP. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't just the ACC. The ACC, Big Ten, and Pac-12 commissioners all initially voted against expansion. Um, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of conflicting views of what happened, depending on who you talk to. But my recollection, I was there at a meeting in Dallas in June of 21. They had put out that proposal, the subgroup that Sankey was on and Bullsby, and everybody seemed to like it. Like there wasn't really any real resistance. They were probably going to rubber stamp the thing. And if they had done it that quickly, I think it would have taken effect this season. But then when Oklahoma and Texas, when the SEC took Oklahoma and Texas, it ticked off the what ended up becoming the alliance conferences so much that they basically put pause on the thing. And of the three, Jim Phillips was definitely the most adamantly opposed to it. And then the, the thing dragged on for like nine months until they finally... I mean, the president's basically overruled them. The reason we have a 12-team playoff is the president stepped in and said, no, guys, we're doing this. 
But by then it was too late for 2023. Uh, there could be some really, I mean, think about this, Bruce. We already had the dynamic this summer of Florida State openly threatening to leave the ACC. Now they get left out of the playoff at, at 13-0. and 0, And that doesn't happen if they're in the SEC, right? Mm -hmm. um, their own commissioner's decision had at least something to do with why this didn't happen. It's going to get real ugly with Florida State and the ACC. I mean, this we're only in the like first hour of 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 um, kind of processing this. This snub is going to go down. They're not going to forget this anytime soon. Um, by the way, Florida State is now going to play Georgia in the Orange Bowl, which is a tremendous matchup for being in the playoff. Right, it's number five versus number six, and if they win, um, that's only going to it's only going to embolden them even more. Although I will say there's going to be opt-outs and it probably won't really be a, a great reflection of those two teams during the season. But if Florida State finishes 14-0 and with a win over Georgia, I mean, they should hang like UCF. They should hang their own banner. I think, yeah, yeah. I, I think they'll probably have a better argument than even UCF did at that point. Um, but I think you're right. I suspect there will be opt-outs. And I think whatever's going to come out of that game, well, you know, if there are those opt-outs, then I think you know, I don't know, it be, won't be a great read on anything. But uh, this year, I would argue, because, you know, I don't think you can argue this point normally, is the SEC has clearly been the dominant conference in college football for, for pretty much the last two decades. I just don't think this was the worst season I can remember of the SEC in a long time. You know, and I, I just, it's like the timing of it, at, of all given it's the last year of you know i'm sitting here watching this and i'm like man mizzou is a top 10 team and you know credit to them because they hung with georgia and they or they 10 and 2 and cody schrader was the best running back by far in the sec and i just again the i don't want to make it like they were fluky at all either because but i just think it kind of spoke to how what a weird year this was in the league you know, again, I go back to the ACC head to head had a and the ACC. It's not like Clemson has had a great year. You know, it's like it's basically Florida State and then credit to Jeff Brom for coaching that team the way he did in the first year. But, you know, they were for the ACC to have a better year than the than the uh, than the SEC head to head, I think kind of speaks to what I'm talking about. I do wonder if. And we, we like we basically decided three weeks into the season that the Pac-12 was great and the SEC was awful because of a very small sample size of games, some of which turned out to be completely deceiving, right? I mean, Colorado beating TCU was not the huge win we thought it would be at the time. I would not be surprised if we get into the postseason and the SEC does what the SEC usually does. Like, we can sit here and argue whether Bama won a down SEC or not. Nobody's going to be surprised if they beat Michigan in a, in a bowl game, right? No. And by the same token, you know, the Pac-12 could end up, you know, being the one that everybody says was overhyped, right? Like this, this stuff happens. I mean, well, that was the, by the way, that was the best win that it's ironic because I got to stop using the word ironic and irony, but like the um, the best non-conference win that the SEC has this year is actually by a coach who was fired, you know, after, before his first season was over, and that's. Mississippi State at home beats Arizona. Yeah. Time. Now, Arizona, similar, I think, to 
Alabama on a smaller scale. They were playing their own quarterback then. They were also probably the most improved team in that league. And then, right, Noah Fita comes in and starts tearing it up. That's, that's you know, after Jaden Delora got hurt. But that is the best win that the SEC had non-conference. And like I said, it was by a Mississippi State team that probably short of Vanderbilt was probably the worst team in the league. Well, this has been such a interesting season, such a top-heavy season, that one of the effects is usually the playoff field comes out. I have a pretty good I, – I know who the favorite is, right? It doesn't always turn out to be right that that team wins the national championship, but it feels like there's one team or maybe two teams that have separated themselves. Any of those four teams in my mind could be the national champion. You could you could talk me into any of uh, Michigan, Washington, Alabama, Texas. It would be very Alabama to win it in a year when three weeks into the season, we thought they might go eight and four. Um, but I think where Alabama is now is not that different from where they usually are. I mean, I think if you're not a Jalen Milroe believer at this point, I don't know what you're watching. And I just think in the Georgia game in particular, uh, that's a great defense. Uh they Carson Beck and Brock Bowers and Ladd McConkey had pretty much been having their way with teams over the second half of the season. And suddenly, you know, receivers weren't open. Uh, Carson Beck was struggling in that game. Though. He was. Yeah. So it was a great defensive showing by Alabama. And I, I think, um, you know, I think they're capable of, of doing some damage. I watched Washington in person twice, beat Oregon twice. Michael Penix makes it look so easy uh, with his receivers. They are extremely well coached. I have so much respect and admiration for Kalen DeBoer and Ryan Grubb. They always seem to have the right play at the right time. But I would say of the four teams, their defense is by far the most suspect. Um, so it's going to make for a fascinating playoff. Like, I don't, I don't go into it thinking, like the year Cincinnati made it, it was like, okay, like they deserved it. Congrats, Cincinnati. Nobody thought they were going to win the national championship. There's always a team like that. I, TCU, to me, was that team last year, although they ended up surprising us in the semifinal. I mean, what about you? Is there... I mean, you've been picking Michigan since before the season, so I know you're going to say they're still your pick. But is there a team other than Michigan that you could see winning it? Yes, the other three. Yeah. Um, I, I think this is the rare year, the only year I can remember in this format, where I would say I would give all four teams at least a double-digit chance of winning it all. Like, I would put Michigan's chance of winning it maybe at 35%, and I would put maybe Texas's chance at, you know, at 25%, and then Alabama's at 25%, and then whatever the leftover is, it's 15%, I think. I'm going to embarrass myself on my math, but that Washington would have um, to win it because I think they're all really capable. If you look back and, and, you know, just again, talking about Alabama a little bit, the two opponents that, that kind of shelled them defensively were quarterbacks who were really talented, um, probably the two most talented quarterbacks they faced. And that was obviously Jaden Daniels gave them all sorts of problems and they kind of ran out of gas in the last quarter. And then the other one was obviously Texas where, you know, they threw for 350 yards. I mean, J.J. McCarthy is really talented. He's a different kind of quarterback than Quinn Ewers, but he can definitely run. Um, but that's the, 
that's the the challenge there i think is going to be you know how this goes in i mean i i love these matchups for this i mean in this regard like what did jim harbaugh learn after last year of the preparation for tcu mm-hmm. i think they went in as a heavy favorite it sounded like they were not that buttoned up into how they prepared for that that game and now you have all these guys back and going, ooh, we got Alabama. I actually think this is like the perfect matchup for them because it's like there's most people are going to say Alabama's, you know, everybody should have something to prove. But when you're that number four seed, it's like, okay, you got the benefit of the doubt. You got in there. And I don't want to say like Alabama has no business in the playoff. You know, it's a really good team. He's the best coach of all time. I think Jalen Milrose, uh, you know, a dynamic dual threat guy. And they have guys who can get after you on defense. But, you know, it's like, okay, does Alabama have this chip on its shoulder to, to carry the SEC flag? I would think it does. But, you know, if you're Michigan, you got embarrassed last year. J.J. McCarthy threw two picks, sixes against a team that lost by almost 60 points in the national title game after you lost. So, and then the other side, you know, it's Sark against his old school. I feel like Washington has, has its own chip on its shoulder. Because as we said before, they were almost a double-digit underdog to a team they beat. You know, Texas, like in this regard, I feel like Texas is in, you know, also has something to prove because I think people are like still trying to judge them on the Texas is back yeah. you know, kind of thing. And I mean, this is, you know, for all the whatever, and I feel bad for the Florida State players more than anything but for all of that i think these matchups are great i think the matchups would have been great whether florida state was in or not because i still think you know to me if you had asked me on the percentages of who i thought had the least chance of winning it i would have said florida state would have but i still couldn't snub them for their for what i think they've earned their place in this in this four-team deal there was a pretty interesting clip adam rittenberg shared of michigan their team, you know, party, watch party, whatever, their reaction when Alabama came up on the screen, it was not hooray. <laughs> you could tell that they were not loving seeing that pop up instead of Florida State or whoever else it might have been. Um, Nick Saban, you know, they, they, if you look back, right, of all their teams that have made the playoff, the very, very first one in 2014 lost to Ohio State and Urban Meyer in the semifinal. They have not lost in a semifinal since. You know, he's he's one of the best, if not the best. He's the best. Having, what, what being, he's the best. Well, no, he's the he's the best at, at the history of the sport. And I was but I was specifically going to say at when you give him a mount a month to scout a team, he's he's going to be ready for it. Uh, no question about that. I think, you know, even you go back to 2014, they didn't have much tape of Cardell Jones. And that, that probably played a factor in that game. Um, you know, it's 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 not a bad matchup for Michigan, but it's pretty challenging for the number one team. That's kind of frankly why I thought they might move Alabama up to three uh, so that the number one seed didn't have to play them because obviously, you know, nobody's going to want to play Alabama in a playoff game. Victorinox, the makers of the original Swiss Army Knife, have been a reliable companion for life's everyday challenges, mastering functionality, innovation, iconic design, and uncompromising quality with its products. The Victorinox Swiss Army Knife provides you with all the things you don't think about until you need it. 
tweezers, a screwdriver, and even a corkscrew. With the Victorinox Swiss Army Knife, you can be prepared to master everyday life. You can find Victorinox Swiss Army Knives at Dick's Sporting Goods. On that side of it, Stu, I do think, um, you know, if you look at what Michigan has played, you know, there's not a bunch of guys who can run at quarterback, much less like Jaden, just not much as Jalen Milrow, but it's like you go back, it's like, Iowa, no. McCord, no. Talia can move, but not like this. You know, Penn State, no. Purdue, no. It's like you really struggle to find anybody who was like a real, real running threat. Like you all know these quarterback at the time could run, but it's it was it's not like those guys were blocking for him like the same level. It's just they haven't seen it and or they haven't seen this kind of threat. I mean, now, you know who could run at quarterback? <laughs> The guy who beat them in the Fiesta Bowl last year, Andy Dalton, could really run. He's uh, not Andy Dalton. Fast forward a decade. Oh my God! Did I just? <laughs> it's all right. Hey, we're, Max, all, we're, we're all running on you. Hair got me confused. We're all running on yeah, right Max Duggan. I'm actually yeah. Wow. Good good catch, Stu. Well, Jalen Rose is not just a runner. He's you know 10.4 yards per per pass attempt puts him number two in the country behind only Jaden Daniels. So he's just the best quarterback. Period. That Michigan has faced. I think this will be a a big, big moment for JJ McCarthy. I know with the NFL draft, people think of him, they're very high on him. Uh, he had that throw in the Ohio State game that he split two defenders for the touchdown that was just incredible. Um, but he hasn't been that, you know, in the big games, right? They've only had some a few big games. Um, he hasn't always been, he had a great game against Ohio State last year. He was the star of that game. Um, but he wasn't at his best necessarily in the Michigan game this year. And he certainly was, wasn't at his best in the semifinal against TCU last year. So that will be a big kind of prove it moment for him. Um, Washington, Texas is interesting in its own right. Pete Kwiatkowski against his old school, too, by the way. Sark against his old school. Yeah. You know, it's funny. Sark, could, he's, he, he, was, he had a pretty good chance of playing one of his former employers, right? It was either uh, Alabama or Washington. Uh, he's come a long way from Washington. He was seven win Sark back when he was at Washington, and now he's taking a 12 and one team against them. You know, in 2016, the last time Washington made the playoff, which was the last time the Pac 12 made the playoff, nobody thought they were going to beat Alabama, and they didn't. Like, it was kind of like, well, they're the fourth team. They should be in the field, but they're not going to play. I don't feel that way about this team. Um, I have a lot more confidence in this team. Anytime you have a quarterback the caliber of Michael Penix, you're going to have a shot. Um, I think they have the best receivers as a collectively in the country. Um, again, it's can the defense, um, you know, you're going to play a Texas team that's very physical, can run the ball, even after losing Jonathan Brooks. I think it's been so impressive that their running game hasn't suffered. And Quinn Ewers had a phenomenal game against Oklahoma State. You know, Washington has managed to win in spite of not having a dominant defense. They beat Bo Nix in Oregon twice. Bo Nix had his worst game of the season. Uh, the other night in Vegas. So it's not like they haven't shown they can beat a team, uh, you know, with a good offense. They they keep doing it. Uh, but this is this is going to be, a, again, like you talk about prove it. Um, Washington hasn't had a chance to win a game like there hasn't won a game of this magnitude since the early 90s, probably. Or maybe. Yeah, like this is this is a big, big moment for that program. It is. I mean, it's interesting because, like, we, we talked about this a little offline uh, with some of my Fox guys. 
you know, I remember being at the Washington, Alabama game seven years ago. I'm trying to remember when it was. It was in it was in Atlanta. It was in the playoff. And Coach Pete had a really talented defense. He had great secondary, like best secondary in college football. And he had two monsters in the middle of the defense and Vita Vey and Greg Gaines. Um, and they did not, you know, they had a solid offense, but it wasn't as explosive as this group. It's just built very differently. Um, I do think uh, this team, you know, like I thought that was about as good a defense as I've seen them play this year because it was a very good offensive line they played with a dynamic running quarterback, dual threat guy with good running backs. And they really bottled up the run game for much of the game. And, you know, I don't, I wouldn't be ready to pick that game, but like, I just think that's, that's a great matchup. I really do. You know, and like, I don't know. It just, it's like, I, I, I kind of like now that you kind of transition from man, I can't believe these are the four teams kind of thing to, okay, this is the matchups. Like, I think this is going to be phenomenal for cop for, you know, for the actual games. And let's just, just, let's just play it out here. If you, or let's just think about this for a second. We both felt like Florida State should be in the playoff. Okay. Mm -hmm. If you sub them out and, and put them in, in the field against those Florida State, uh, Florida State versus Michigan instead of Alabama versus Michigan. And this is where I think the committee made the decision that they did. Probably, like I could see Alabama beating Michigan. I could not have seen Florida State beating Michigan. Yeah, I, it felt like, you know, we had those two games going on at the same time, and it felt like there was a lot of Iowa on both channels. Yeah. You know? Like, because there was a really nasty defense for Florida State. Now, they have more speed, in, you know, at the skill positions. They really weren't able to do that much with it, at least in the second half. They, you know, they got a little going. But, again, first-time quarterback on a big stage in, you know, less than ideal weather conditions. Um I don't know. It just, just I, again, and I, I think there, I think there would have been a difference, or should you know, Rodemaker at least has some experience, and he's further along than than you know, throwing a really green freshman into it. So, but yeah, I, I definitely think it's a different kind of matchup to have Milrow and Alabama with the talent Alabama has and the physicality they have. But Florida, I mean, if you ask me, who do I think has a better defense, Florida State or Alabama? I actually think Florida State probably does. Their defense is phenomenal. And so, look, at the end of the day, you know, as I talked my way through that just now, I realized, yeah, the committee did what they're supposed to do, pick what they think were the four best teams. I think you and I are actually the ones doing foremost deserving because mm -hmm. of when we talk about Florida State. But my criticism would be, they applied a different set of rules to Florida State than they ever had before, right? If you were playing solely who do we think is going to win the games, Cincinnati wouldn't have made the playoff the year they did. TCU wouldn't have made the playoff last year. Right. We can look at any number of teams that got in, despite maybe deep down you thought they probably aren't supposed to be here. But they didn't do that with Florida State. And, you know, I think uh, Jordan Travis put out a, a statement that was just so – sad he he said he wished he broke his leg earlier in the season so that people could see this team was about more than its quarterback I mean, that's that's when you got a guy saying he wished he broke his leg sooner that's that tells you 
what a weird, stupid system this is. And then Mike Norvell came out spitting fire, not surprisingly. Um, but same thing would have happened if if Alabama got left out. Same thing would have happened if Texas got left out. Do you Whoever do- got left out was going to have a pretty strong, fiery take of why they shouldn't have been left out. Do you buy that if Alabama had, um, you know, let's say they were cruising along and they were up, you know, two touchdowns uh, going into the fourth quarter on the last series, you know, I hate to say this because you don't want to see anybody get hurt, but Jalen Milrow, you know, had an injury where he was going to be out for the month. Do you think they would have looked at it and said, we saw those other Alabama quarterbacks. They stink. Georgia. Do you really think they would have evaluated it the same? I don't. I mean, no, I don't. That's the thing. Like, and and if anything, they should have, right? Because you're right. They did see those quarterbacks and it was terrible. Uh, if you're going to apply that logic to Florida State, you should have, but they wouldn't have done that. They would have said this team beat the number one team in the country. They're the SEC champion. Um, tough luck on Jalen Milrow, but you know, we're not going to pre- try to predict that. We're just going to say they're in. So, no, I don't I don't think they would have handled that the same way um, by any means. All right. We we haven't as we're recording this, we haven't even yet heard, seen what the other New Year's six matchups are, though. I know contractually it'll be Georgia, Florida State and the Orange Bowl, much less all the ones that will come about after that. So what we'll do is come back Wednesday and do our second episode of the week. And we will talk about a lot of the other bowl games then. Uh, and I'm sure, I mean, the portal opens tomorrow, Monday. So, gosh, who knows what well, we're going to get from that. It's not open yet, too. I feel like it's already been open for a while. I mean, it feels like it's been open for a week, right? It has There's been open. so many announcements. officially. But, you know, the thing will open officially, and all of a sudden there'll be a flood of of names, some of them surprising, some not. There's still some coaching carousel moves left. Um, shout out to, to Willie Fritz, who became the new uh, Houston coach just a little while ago. Um, that's what we end with Bruce. There were five group of five championships games, uh, yesterday. Give me a shout out. All right. I'm gonna give you a shout out to John Summerall at Troy. He is, I, I think he's right now as hot a uh, group of five coach name. I mean, they had three losing seasons in a row. He jumped in there last year. They finished in the top 20 turnaround, but this year they won the Sun Belt, which is probably the best kept secret in in college football in terms of like how good the coaching is in that league. Uh, shout out to the Troy Trojans. And I'm going to give a shout out to SMU because you remember when they um, got, uh, you know, into the ACC, there was a lot of making fun of them. What have they ever done in football? Well, they finally won a conference championship. They upset Tulane. Speaking of backup quarterbacks, they lost their quarterback for the season literally a week before. And found a way to win to beat Tulane in the AAC championship, and uh, that's a that's a nice little momentum uh, builder for Rhett Lashley as they get ready to go into a Power Five conference. Hey, by the um, way, before we forget, um, I enjoyed some uh, FCS After Dark last night. It was a great way to end the night. What, what'd you see? Uh, I watched the Idaho Vandals um, in a overtime game against Southern Illinois. It was you know can't can't go wrong with Kibby Dome late at night. No, North Dakota State won on a blocked extra point. How about that? Yeah, there's a whole lot of Dakotas in the playoff and a lot of guys who've coached the Dakotas who are now all over that FCS playoff. So good football.
We'll answer your emails on Wednesday. I can't imagine you guys have any opinions on the events of today, but if you do, send them to the audiblepod at gmail.com. And we'll see you next time. How did we get away with the things we used to do? Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic.